Welcome to Inside the Mind, a podcast hosted by myself, Jennifer Forster, and my beautiful co-host, Ali May. We're excited to be here, diving into edgy, raw, and relatable conversations woven together with mind-blowing questions that will shake up your model of the world, expand your thinking, unravel your beliefs, tease apart your patterns, and walk you to the very edges of everything you've ever believed about yourself. As NLP trainers, coaches, entrepreneurs, we'll be traversing the topics of business, relationships, money, family, spirituality, leadership, and personal growth, all through the discerning lens of NLP, ancient teachings, and a healthy sprinkling of womanly wisdom. One thing we believe to be true is that if we want a different outcome, we must be willing to ask a different question. And the answers to those questions are always inside the mind. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Mind. This is my beautiful co-host Jen Forster and I am Ali May and today we are diving into what does your relationship with money look like? Oh, I love this one. I'm so excited for this episode. Mm, money. Our last episode we dived into having an online business or having a business, a business in general, it doesn't have to be in the online space and creating your brand and it was closed out with a piece around do you treat your business like you would treat any other relationship. And I'd love to start here today around this key piece. I've seen, and I used to be the same, I've seen so many people have expectations on money. And for me, this is another example of what kind of relationship do we have with money? So, you know, I see a lot of people putting shit on money. Oh, I never have enough. You know, I should have more. Or they're criticizing money or they're having an expectation on money to be there. I see a lot of people putting... Yeah, just a lot of expectation on money. And when I look at it, I see a lot of people treating money like shit as well. And so my first question is, what kind of relationship do you have with money? What kind of relationship is it? Is it a nurturing relationship where you're communicating with your money? Are you someone who doesn't like to look at your bank balance because you don't want to see the lack, in inverted commas, the lack of money that you feel you have? Are you expecting money to be there without putting the work in? What kind of a relationship do you have? This was a game changer for me. I think it was back in around 2020. I did a program with James Wedmore. You can look him up. He was a guy I did some business stuff with, his business by design. He's a really cool guy. He had a 30-day program. I can't think of the name of it now, but it was a 30-day program with getting to know money, understanding your relationship with money. And it was such a game changer for me because for the first time ever, I began to look at how I was treating money. So I love where Ali went with that. If you were to think about money being a person in your life, so just for a moment, imagine that, you know, you're in your home and money walks in, right? Money is a person now and money walks in. How do you treat it? What is your relationship with it? Do you look away from it? Do you kind of want to shove it in the bedroom so no one knows that money is in your house? Are you annoyed with money because it hasn't, you know, it's not enough, hasn't walked in, you know, at the right time for you? It was late, it was early, how are you treating money? And now flip to money, flip to money's a person. Money's just walked into your house. 
How do you think money would be feeling in your company? Would money feel abused? Would money feel like they're a slave, treated like a slave? They're just there to do all the work and you just treat them like shit. Would money feel loved? Would money feel seen? Would money feel appreciated? Would money feel any kind of bond with you? And I know for me, when I did this program, I realized that if money was a person, money would not be my friend. Money would not want to be hanging out with me the way I used to treat money. And so when I became aware that that's how I was treating money, I really changed that. I really look at money now like a person. And Ali knows how I am. I talk to money. I talk to things, you know, in such a way these days. And I'm always saying thank you. I'm always saying thank you, money. Thank you so much for being here with me. I see how you're always there for me. I see how you always show up just in the nick of time for me every single time. You've never let me down. You've always arrived just when I've needed you. You never expect anything back from me. And yet you're always there for me. You're such a beautiful friend in that I can tell you anything. I can speak to you, you know. I think that's the best, one of the best things that ever happened for me in my relationship with money is seeing it as a person and consider how you're treating money and how money might feel in your company. Mm. Would they want to hang around with you? Would they want to be your friend? Would they want to stay? You know, I don't know. Money and I have a different relationship now. I've got a couple of things that we're just downloading that I would love to share. There are a couple of activities. And one of them is if you want to have a look at your relationship with money and start to cultivate this relationship, you can imagine a triangle and you stand at the, like the, where the line is at the base of the triangle, you're standing on the left side of the triangle. And imagine that money is standing on the right and now face each other. And how you would do this is you would be yourself and you would look at money, look towards where money would be. You're imagining, of course, you would look towards where money would be and you would share everything. And it could be money. I'm pissed off because I never feel like you're there. Money. Why have you not supported me more in my life? Money. I want more of you and I don't know how to create more of you. So you're just pouring everything out about how you feel currently about money. And then what you do is you jump into, you actually physically move and go to the other side, go to the right-hand side of the line on the triangle and you face yourself and you speak to yourself like you are money. Now, Jen and I have done this. It's called perceptual positions. The third position is the point of the triangle is the observer. So with this, we just would go yourself and money. In NLP, we teach you the perceptual positions with the observer as well. So in this, Jen and I did this one day. I was struggling to see something from somebody else's perspective. And I'd never played with this before. I'd seen it in action in, in trainer's training when I studied to become a trainer of NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis. I'd seen it done and it was super powerful. So this one day, Jen and I decide, all right, well, let's do perceptual positions, Ali. And I was in my position and, you know, I was sharing bits and pieces. And then when I stood into the other person's position and I talked back to myself and you can do this with people 100%. When I did that, I had tears in my eyes. I got downloads that I hadn't had before. I got to see a whole new perspective on what was going on in that relationship. So if you wish to do this with money, you're going to get, it's powerful and profound and you will get some epiphanies and some awareness for sure around what money's actually thinking about you and what money's actually thinking about being in a relationship with you. That's the first exercise. Do you have anything else to add there? 
No, I think that's one of the best exercises that you could really do in terms of opening up the channels between you and money from a relationship perspective. Because consider money's just an energetic being. It's no different to a person. Humans are just energetic beings as well. If you collapse down a human being, collapse down the cells, you know, and get down to the atoms and the subatomic particles and keep collapsing and keep collapsing, we're just energy. Money's exactly the same. So in terms of understanding your relationship with money, the exercise Ali just shared with you, I think will be profound if you're willing to do it. If you're really willing to do it and play full out with that as an exercise, it'll bring you to your knees quite likely. And from there, you get to create a really healthy relationship with money. You get to create a relationship that is steeped in unconditional love for each other. Now, that's a powerful relationship. 100%. And I didn't realize, like, as I said, I'd seen the impact of this in what I saw was one of my fellow students and I, and I want to share this because you can do this as well with the people in your life if you've got some conflict or something. So this guy, he stood there in his position and he was talking to his younger sister and he'd grown up and she was still, he felt she was still treating him like a child and, you know, she was behaving X, Y, and Z. So he stood there and he talked to where she would be standing and told her all these things that he was feeling. And when he stood in her position and he looked back at himself, he just sobbed. It was the most profound thing to witness. It was extraordinary. And I hadn't played with that. So for me, I didn't realize the impact that that exercise could have in my own life. And doing that with money, you know, it might sound like, oh yeah, that's an interesting exercise or, you know, how can that bring a profound shift? Give it a go. It is super profound. The other piece that I want to add there is, you know, something else that was dropping through before I go into another exercise. Something else I was dropping through was we can't see what we can't see. So, you know, a lot of the time we look at our bank account and we go, well, I have X amount in my bank account. And we think that's all that we have. And we're looking at this computer screen or we're looking at our phone screen or, you know, we're looking at the piece of paper that comes out of the ATM and we're seeing this figure. Now, I don't know about you. Every time that I've been at a point in my life where I felt like I haven't had enough, money will show up. Money just comes in. It can be random. It could be from, you know, a new client will come in. It can be, you know, students will come in, whatever it is, there's always enough. And I feel like we can be so focused on what we haven't got that we're missing the magic of everything else that is available to us. So if you're finding yourself looking at the physical dollar and you're stressing yourself out about it, how could you open up to possibility of what else is? And this next exercise leads into that for me with a way that we can expand. So this is one of my favorite exercises. And I think I've shared this before. I'm going to share it again. I got this from Regan Hillier when I was doing one of her programs. Simply writing down, what does the highest version of myself look like in regards to money? I like to link the two, business and money. So I would write, what does the highest version of myself look like in regards to my business slash money? And then we write as though it's already done, like we are where we want to be remembering and acknowledging that we are going to shift and change by the time we get there anyway. So an example of this would be, and how we would write that would be, what does the highest version of myself look like in regards to my business slash money? I am a self-made multimillionaire. The more money I make, the more money I make. The more money I make, the more impact I have. I live six months of the year in the mountains, blah, 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 blah. I live six months by the beach, da, 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 da. I wear this clothing. I speak on these stages. I am this author. And it doesn't even have to be accolades. It can be simply, you might want to live off the grid and just be self-sufficient. Whatever it is for you in regards to your business and what you desire around money as well, if you write that out, you'll be able to write a good A4 page on that. 
once you've written that out, if you do decide to write this out, you're in the desire of what you want rather than in the lack of what you do not want. And we cannot be in both at the same time. Now, here's the piece. This is the magic part of this. It's all good and well to write it out. Here's where the extra magic happens. Anytime you find yourself going into a state of lack, anytime you find yourself going into, I can't afford this, I don't have enough money, blah, 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 whatever the stories are, all you need to do is remind yourself of what does the highest version of myself look like in regards to my business slash money. And you repeat to yourself out loud, whatever it is that you wrote. And you go through that because again, we cannot be in lack and abundance at the same time. I used to do this process when I first started doing it. I was like broke. I used to do this, I reckon, 20 to 50 times a day. When I started to catch myself in the lack space, I would remind myself, I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. And what else does it do? It elevates our frequency. It elevates our vibration. Sorry, it elevates our vibration, which elevates our frequency. And from that point, we become a magnet for what we want while we're in the lack. And you will know this, while we're in the lack, we're pushing away what it is that we truly desire and we're creating more lack. Repelling. Repelling. So this exercise for me is something that allows us when we do it consciously and then when we're utilizing the tool in the way that I've just shared it, it's a way that we can support ourselves to start creating thoughts around abundance. Mm. Another beautiful exercise to drop in here, which is coming through for me as well. I thought you were going to go into this. I love that this is the third tool that we're sharing with you on this episode. I'm about to share a third tool with you to support you with creating a really healthy and abundant and prosperous relationship with money. It's called a prosperity journal. Could be called other things. I call it a prosperity journal. I also learned this through this money program I did with James Wedmore. So literally what you do for a set amount of days, I did this for 21 days. So every single day, you're going to record the money that is in your vortex, that is in your world, that doesn't show up as actual money. So what do I mean by that? So for example, when I did this as an exercise, I was house sitting and pet sitting at the time. So one of the very first ways in which I got to recording my prosperity journal was the prosperity of rent saved, right? I wasn't paying rent as a house sitter and a pet sitter. So first thing on my prosperity journal was, oh, three or $400 a week. Oh my gosh, that's money that I'm not even acknowledging that is in my vortex that's not showing up as money and it's money. Whoa, that blew my mind. Then I, um, somebody bought me a cup of coffee. I went, huh, six bucks. Well, it's probably about seven bucks now, but Six bucks, right? I went, oh my God, six dollars. That goes in my prosperity journal. When somebody gifted me time, for example, if I had a phone conversation and they helped me to figure something out, right? Sometimes you do that with friends and family and whatever. What is the value of the time of the person that just gave you their expertise? More value. Gifts. Somebody gifts you something. Somebody shares something with you. You happen, you might find money. There's a million ways on a million days that money is showing up in your vortex that you are not acknowledging. The Prosperity Journal will help you to shift, as Ali shared in the previous exercise, it helps you to shift into a prosperity vibration, a vibration of abundance, which puts you into that frequency, which has you become a super magnet for abundance to come to you versus you chasing money. And let me tell you, if you're chasing money, you're repelling it, right? You are actually pushing it further away from you. There's a book by Kyle Cease that speaks to this as well. 
yeah, why, I can't think what it's called, but it's basically the more you chase money, the more you're actually repelling it because you're coming from the vibration of I don't have it. And if you're coming from the vibration of I don't have it, you're just going to have more of that. I don't have it. I don't have it. So the prosperity journal, that was a game changer for me as well. Absolute game changer. Yeah, I love that. I also used to listen to Esther Hicks. So I would just type into YouTube Esther Hicks or Abraham. She channels Abraham for those of you who aren't aware of who Esther Hicks is. And I would type in money meditations. And sometimes it was a money meditation and sometimes it was a money rant and sometimes it was her getting people up on stage or out of an audience and going through specific money stories and giving a different perspective. And that for me was just gold, like rewiring our own. Like if you're not going to come and study with us and study timeline therapy specifically, if you're not going to do that and you want to do this yourself, then, you know, it can be a longer journey and we can still rewire our own neural pathways. You may not get to the root cause of why you haven't got the money that you want and you can still do this if this is where you're at right now wanting to do it yourself. So for me, these were the little things that I did to really begin to rewire my neural pathways. And, you know, in every level of where we're at in life, there's going to be a glass ceiling when we're ready to go to the next level. You know, what I love specifically about that timeline therapy uh, in what we teach specifically with timeline therapy is that we have the tool to clean up our stuff when it comes up, specifically around money. How many of us are desiring more money? How many of us want more things in our lives? Or how many of us want more choices? For me, it's always about choices. Do I have the choice to do what I want, how I want? Do I have the choice to eat the food that I want? Do I have the choice to go on the holiday that I want? Do I have those choices? And if I don't, there will be something in my unconscious mind alongside not taking action often. There will be something in the unconscious mind that is preventing me from moving forward or anybody from moving forward to create what they truly desire. I love just, you know, giving timeline therapy a plug here, a really big one. Once we learn the tools, once we clean up our own stuff and we learn the tools and we can continue with those tools, supporting ourselves to continue to have what it is that we truly desire in life. And on that, for our listeners and our viewers, take some time to ask yourself some questions about money. What are your beliefs about money? You know, is it hard to make? Does it, uh, you know, is it hard to keep? I don't know, whatever. Just I don't have that many anymore because I've cleaned them all up. So it's difficult to pick them up again when you clean them up. However, have a think about what do you believe about money? And you might start with, I can't make money because... And then just go fill in the blank, right, after because. Or money doesn't come easily to me because. Money's hard to make because. Anything that comes after because will be a limiting belief that will be rooted in a limited decision that got made at some point in your life. That can be cleaned up just like that with timeline therapy. You can have that dissolved, deleted, gone in about 20 to 30 minutes. Done, boom, bang, gone. Permanently. 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 And if you're not going to do that, if you're going to do this yourself, then the question that I would ask myself after that would be, okay, once you have the awareness of what the limiting belief is, then what do I choose instead? Whatever the response is to what do I choose instead, then I would start putting things in place to support me to actually shift out of that limiting belief. Let me give a very specific example. Jen, could you give me just one of those examples of the money? Uh, Money's hard to make. Because? Money's hard to make. Because I don't have a million followers. Great. So I choose that it's irrelevant how many followers I have and that I can make the money that I desire just by being my authentic self. So that's the new reframe. That's the reframe. And then it's like, well, what do I get to put into place? What actions do I get to take to back that new choice? 
of how I'm going to be. Another question to ask yourself is what are your values around money? In fact, let me just turn that into a very quick and easy question. Do you value money? Do you value money? We'd learn this at MasterPack, how to figure out what our values Values. are because they're in the unconscious mind. We can say, oh, yeah, my values this and my values that and my values this. Often when we haven't got what we desire, there's also a value mismatch or a value that's placed into the bottom of the pile. And a lot of people that haven't got the money that they want often have money out of their top eight values. Mm. In MasterPack, we learn how we can bring money up to be like a second value or Mm. a third value in life so that we can become a magnet for what we truly desire. A lot of beautiful tools in this episode here. Money is a big topic. However, to me, it has a really beautiful simplicity to it as well. I think we can overcomplicate money. I think we can, as humans, misunderstand money. And the tools and exercises we've shared with you today will just be such a beautiful starting point to help you to create a really healthy and wholesome relationship with money. I'd love to know what you got out of this episode. I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you. You know, you can share on Spotify. You can share in our Facebook group. You can send us an email. I would love to hear what you receive from this for yourself. What's your biggest takeaway from this? And if you're listening to this and it's a few months down the track, I would love to hear like how has implementing some of these exercises, doing some of these exercises, how has this helped you with your relationship with money? Mm, That feels pretty good. Feels great to me. We'll catch you on the next episode. See you soon.